Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the week ahead. It is Monday. Ah! Oh, time to get back into the groove of the weeks as they pass by. Can you believe it? One more week closer to Christmas time. Yowza. So I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. It was a beautiful weekend here. Terry and I went on a 22-mile bike ride yesterday. Now, I got to tell you, the temperature, the high, was about 46 degrees. So not particularly cold, but you put yourself on a bicycle at 46 degrees and you're traveling 15 to 20 miles per hour on the bike. And, oh, yes, it's cold. So I was double layered. I had two sets of pants on. <laughs> I had actually a shirt, a sweatshirt, a coat, and two sets of gloves on, two sets of socks on. And literally when I got back home, I was I was still pretty warm core wise, but my hands and my feet took about an hour to thaw out afterwards. But it was so nice to get out into bright, fresh, uh, cold, crispy air. So I encourage people, get out, and even if it seems too cold outside or if it seems like the weather isn't as cooperative as you'd like it to be, it does wonders for your disposition. So that was my weekend, having some fun doing that. Um, this is a, a week for us, astrologically, where we begin to, I know I'm feeling it, so I'm guessing some of you are feeling this shift out of maybe the more uh serious and deep waters of scorpio energy and we begin to pull into the more adventurous bold energies of sagittarius as inner planets uh venus and mercury uh one right after the other begin to move move actually into sagittarius and then of course next week the sun moves into the sign of sagittarius so we're we're changing up the energy as it were to become more a uh, bold more adventurous sort of thing so i'm really looking forward to that and i'm hoping all of you are kind of feeling that as well as the shadow sent uh, shadow time starts to wind down somewhat now that doesn't mean that we're done dealing with the shadows we actually are in the shadow period through the 19th which is saturday and that means when on friday this Friday, when we have, um, that is the third Friday, yep, when we have Pia and Colin with us, we can talk to them about how to end the shadow period on a high note, right? How to do that. So we'll be talking to them. And uh, this is a week, you know, all of you, well, maybe you don't. I, I've been working with a group of people on something called the Manifesting Blueprint. And that came up because of the soul work that I've been doing. And one of the, the key tools, of course, is the fact that we each have our own personal manifesting blueprint. So when we're all trying to manifest something in our lives, whether it's a new relationship, a new job, uh, financial abundance, better health, you, you name it, anything in the 3D world that you are trying to manifest. And if we're all trying to manifest it in the same way, <clears throat> some people it's going to work for, others it isn't primarily because you each have your own manifesting blueprint, right? Something that is unique to your soul. And uh, back several months, a couple of months back, probably August-ish, maybe late July, I had mine done. And one of the things that was mentioned in mine is that I am an external world kind of girl. And that means that I need to time and exposure in the outer world to be able to manifest the things that I want. And here I am living on an island, kind of isolated away from people. Uh, I work at home. Um, I don't really have ways to have people come to my house because of my husband's train set and how that takes over my house. Uh, but I have decided to start doing some fairs and shows around the area and likely will branch out into other areas as well uh, based on travel and, and what have you, possibilities, right? So this weekend, for those of you who live in Washington, specifically probably Western Washington, so maybe in the Whatcom County, Skagit County, 
uh, Snohomish County, King County, and I, I know a lot of you out there have no clue what I'm talking about, but if you know what I'm talking about, then it's a possibility that you might want to come to Mount Vernon, as I will be at Mystical Wares, a beautiful, wonderful uh, metaphysical store uh, in Old Town Mount Vernon that uh, sells a whole lot of crystals and jewelry and cards and all kinds of wonderful mystical magical tools. And uh, a couple of weekends a month, they host a, a psychic fair, for lack of a better word. I'm going to call it a metaphysical fair. And I'm actually going to be there this weekend for um, the, the 19th and the 20th. So if you want to come on down, if you live in this area, come on over and see me. The fair is open from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. I believe it is on Sunday. So just something as I need to walk my own talk and follow my own manifesting blueprint. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this might impact some of my own goals and uh, things that I wanted to manifest. It's a little bit scary, right? Because I've been in sort of isolation for so long that do, and doing fairs as Natasha out there, if you're listening this morning, knows uh, I don't always react very well in a group setting, right? I end up with headaches and just feeling uh, overwhelmed kind of with everybody's energies. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. So again, if you are in Western Washington and you want to take a trip to Mount Vernon, Mystical Wares on Old Highway, uh, what is that street? Memorial Highway uh, is where they are located. And I did uh, have my daughter post that out there for me. I think it's on the Facebook group. So let me say good morning to people who are popping in. I thought I saw you out there, Natasha and Christine Buckingham and Tom. Good morning, Corey. Barbara Doughton, good to see you. Good morning from call, from California, cool and crisp, uh, Long Beach. That's where I grew up. And uh, I remember some mornings were crisp and cool, but not usually until like January. So it's kind of early for crisp and cool there. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. Joe Durchy, happy Monday to you. Corey, if everyone could send a prayer or good vibes up, please. My little sister is missing in Florida. Her name is Jayla. Oh my goodness. So Corey, let's uh, let's all come together and just put out some good energy that the uh, missing Jayla is found safe and sound. Andy girl, good morning. Tom says there's a trine this week. Corey says, uh, thank you, Tom. Debbie, good morning. Barbara, yay, come to Southern California, Janet. <laughs> um, Kajella, good morning, Pam says, uh, oh, everybody's sending blessings to you, Corey. I love that. That's one of the wonderful things that I love about this group is that we can, you know, immediately send prayers and support uh, to everyone that is in need. So Corey, do please keep us posted if they do find your sister, as that would be something we would want to celebrate. And uh, anyway, so uh, Natasha says, I too have been thinking of teaching classes or being in that fair. Well, Natasha, maybe you should come on down this weekend uh, so you could see like maybe how it goes or, you know, talk to me and Heather about what we're experiencing as we sit there. It's it, it's scary to think of going out there because, you know, not only have I done this work behind the scenes for a very long time, but then we also had a couple of years of COVID that even if I had wanted to get out and about and do fairs, uh, there weren't anything, there were none, right? We, there, they just weren't going on. And uh, this will be the first time I think that I've really decided that I needed to do this. And at one point in time, I did travel the country. Uh, I went from here all the way down through Oregon and uh, all the way through Washington and then down into Oregon, over to Nevada, then down to Arizona and over to New Mexico, uh, talking about the Mayan calendar. So maybe it's time for me to get out and about and do those kind of talks. I will also be doing a fair in January in Everett and then one in April. No, wait, the fair in uh, January is in Linwood, Washington. And then the next one is in April in Everett, Washington, the Alchemy Fair. And then uh, the MeWe Fair is in January. So I'm going to I'm branching out, branching out. Uh, but if you live in an area that has a wonderful meeting place, uh, a metaphysical bookstore type thing, or a church, uh, a, a spiritual church that has meeting rooms or is open to this kind of, of uh, event, 
uh, let me know. And if it seems that there's interest and the travel isn't too horrible to get to where you are, that might be something that I look at uh, for 2023. I, I'm feeling the travel bug. And, you know, I think a lot of us are kind of starting to feel like we're coming out of some kind of dark winter place, even though we're going into winter here in the Pacific North or here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to be uh, partly because of the shadow period winding down. And as the inner planets begin their move out of Scorpio, which has been a deep sort of place for us of contemplation, of processing, of drama, even in some cases, and we move out into Sagittarius energy, it's almost like, you know, if you've done a deep dive into a pool or into a lake or into the ocean even, and you're coming up like your air is low and you're coming back up through the water column and you're about to break through the, uh, the, the surface and where you can grab a uh, fresh air that's kind of what the feeling is that I have right of coming up and being able to grab some fresh air get a fresh perspective and uh, start maybe moving in some new directions now a, a bit of that is slowed down because we still have Mars in retrograde in Gemini so it's still a great time for reinvention and reimagining yourself before you actually take you know real concrete steps but I think if you take deliberate uh, action on things that you might might have spent quite a bit of time planning or that you've done your work, right, in, in, in setting the goal and in really visualizing and working through the, the, the things, it, it is okay to set your toe out there into the world, test the waters and see, you know, what might come of your next new adventure. So yay, though Mars is retrograde, I still felt like this was a good time for me to take that little toe tap and put it out there. So it all, for all of you, wherever you are in your own lives, you know, where is it time for you to maybe take the next little step, even if it's just a baby step, just taking that step forward to see how things are, uh, how, how things might go, right? Maybe it'll work out spectacularly and you'll be shocked at how awesome it is. Uh, but on the other hand, we don't want to go totally bold uh, because we do still have Mars, Chiron, Uranus, and Neptune in retrograde. So we, we want to be deliberate, a little more deliberate in what we do. So as we begin this week, we have Moon in Leo, one of my favorite places for the Moon to be. And it's in Leo all the way up and through Wednesday evening or Wednesday late afternoon, my time. Wednesday evening for those of you on the East Coast. While the moon is in Leo, we are thinking large. We are thinking more optimistic. It's a fire sign. You know, in the fire signs, uh, Leo, Aries, and Sagittarius uh, take us into seeing life in a bigger way. It is fire energy, so it triggers our passions, right? And it triggers our creative selves. It, cre cre it triggers our need for self-expression or individualizing individualizing ourselves, um, you know, propelling ourselves more fully outward into the world. So the light of the moon in uh, Leo is really generous and optimistic. Generosity, Leo in its highest is so magnanimous and so generous, giving uh, of their time, of their attention, of their love. And as well, it is a very self-expressive sign. So for these next few days, your creativity is heightened, your ability to put words or uh, put a, a message be behind your art or behind your words is really uh, high. This is a sign for the moon that is inspiring and also inspired and, of course, highly creative as well, not just self-expressive, but also creatively uh, engaged charismatic energy. So if you have work to do with people, you can use your charm and grace to get farther with people than when you try to push or barrel your way through something. And of course, in the light of Leo, we also have positive expression of loyalty. Uh, they are strong yet humble people or hum strong and humble in the expression of the emotional energy of the moon in Leo.
Now, of course, there's always the shadow and the shadow is uh, something for us to be aware of, but not live in, right? We, we don't want to dive into the shadow exactly. We want to, we want we to, we want to notice when the shadow is playing a role in our lives or in an experience or in a relationship. So the shadow here is of being overly self-centered, being selfish even, or as we've heard a lot of in the last couple of years, narcissistic, right? There's narcissism here as the, the shadow energy here becomes very overly self-centered. And, you know, we have we have sort of a dichotomy here because I want you to be self-centered. <laughs> I don't want you to think that being self-centered is wrong. Uh, but there's a point at which self-centered tips over into narcissism or tips over into being selfish. And that's the, the downfall of the sign of Leo, right? Is when it gets over into it, it that generosity and magnanimity uh, turns back at me, you know, where I want you to be generous and magnanimous to me, uh, but I don't necessarily want to be that way back. Uh, there's a sort of arrogance that can co come up in the shadow energy of Leo. And they struggle with uh, maybe both ends of either an inflated or a suppressed ego. And I find that really interesting because Leo, when they are bold, when they are in their power, uh, when they're in their full beauty and magnificence, can be a sight to behold, right? Everybody gathers around them. There's a reason why the sign Leo and the sun go one together, because people congregate around, like the planets congregate around the sun, uh, people tend to congregate around a Leo that is expressing themselves in the highest and best of their energy or of their soul. But also, uh, at times, this can be a sign where they lack confidence and some of the uh, inflated ego energies can pop up as a way to mask their their um, uh, lack of confidence or where they can have such a suppressed ego that uh, they they are, you know, kind of passive and giving their selves away. Uh, in any case, all of this adds up to being cut off from your creativity, being cut off from your self-expression, and none of that acts very positively out in the world. And this is also tyrant energy, right? That inflated ego, uh, egoic self can become the tyrant, uh, demanding and commanding of who shall be my, you know, slave today kind of energy. So we want to watch for both, right? There is a tendency for that shadow to also live with the light, right? They can't, you can't have one without the other. So just noticing how it is that that energy is uh, showing up for us. Now, the moon, while in the sign of Leo, doesn't have a whole lot of contacts that it's making uh, until we get to Wednesday. And that's likely because of the shift of the energy into Virgo. Uh, the moon's energy shifts to Virgo after Leo. And that day, the moon makes a lot of contacts. Today, basically, the moon is in a trine to Jupiter, and then tomorrow in a square to Uranus and in opposition to Saturn. So we have the moon the part of us that is our internal self or our more emotional self coming into contact with the outer planets or the transpersonal planets, meaning we may be affected or impacted by other people in our lives, the people we work with or the people in our communities, etc. And they may be the ones that trigger uh, certain qualities of Leo within us. Now, you all have Leo somewhere in your chart. So if you have your chart with you, take a look and see where Leo is by house. That's going to tell you for the next couple of days what area of your life will be impacted. If today's chart were a, a person, they would be impacted up here in the ninth house. That is where Leo would be if this were a person. And that means there would be a lot of focus on growth and expansion. And it's interesting because the ninth house is a distinctly Sagittarius kind of energy. In fact, in the, the natural order of the wheel, Sagittarius as the ninth sign rules the ninth house. Interesting, right? So we have uh, the moon, by the way, at the time I drew up the chart this morning was just at zero degrees of Leo having just moved in. So it's timely that we're talking about this and we're looking now at the stretch of a few days 
of this moon in Leo energy and whatever house it's in being a house where there might be developing creativity or self-expression. So take a look at that in your own uh, charts. Judy Wheeler, good morning. She says her Sagittarius with Leo rising. So this is all news to you, right? <laughs> Not new news either. It's all coming, you know, makes sense to you, uh, Judy, as those are part of who you are uh, at uh, soul level. Now, if we take a look at the week's transits, I told you, you know, that last Monday when we talked about this long train of events occurring uh, over the next, I think it was 16 days at that point in time, and we're only maybe halfway through that. Uh, so this week, again, every day is a very busy day with something going on uh, in terms of planetary aspects or transits. Today, there are two of them that are enacted for us. The first is Mercury in a sextile to Pluto. So we know right now that Mercury is in Scorpio. So we have the south node, south node, sun, Mercury, and Venus, all three of them, all inner planets, all personally affecting us in the sign of Scorpio. So we're still dealing with that shadowy energy. We're still dealing with the, you know, crap coming up, if you will, from underneath the surface uh, for us to expose to the light of the day and then work our healing magic, as it were, on letting those things go, right? The baggage, it's time to let the baggage go. It's time to forgive. Uh, it's time to be grateful for all the experiences, high and low, uh, because they've all contributed to who you are now and who you will be even as time goes forward. And Mercury in a sextile to Pluto. Now, Pluto is sitting at the same degree-ish. Uh, he is actually at 26 degrees of Capricorn. So Capricorn and Scorpio are signs that are in sextile to one another. So they have common ground, right? They, they don't speak exactly the same language, but that would be, they can be understood by each other. And so Mercury, the planet of the mind and of communication, working well with the planet of transformation and change. So whatever it is that's coming up from our deeper, darker uh, selves is something as it comes up to the light that Pluto's connection to Mercury today, especially, is something that helps us to transmute or transform. So lots of things being uh, possible uh, in terms of change today. And then also the sun comes into a trine with Neptune today. Now, sun trine Neptune, the sun, of course, the light of our personalities, our egos, uh, who we are, you know, out in the world, our outer selves, right? So our collective outer self, while the sun is in the sign of Scorpio, is about doing this kind of shadow work, finding our passion and really contributing more of our energy most of our energy to expressing who we are and who we want to be, right? What are we passionate about? And uh, in a trying to Neptune, then we have a connection to our selves at soul level, right? Neptune really represents the higher spiritual selves that we are. So if the sun represents our physical form, our physical being here on this physical planet Earth in 3D, Neptune really represents the interface between the soul and the 3D or the interface between the 5D and the 4D and the 3D selves, right? So our being here in the physical realm. And as a trine implies ease, right? Kind of a graceful flow of energy back and forth. Then what we could also surmise is that we might have better and closer contact with our inner voice, with our intuition. So be listening, right? Have your, your little handy dandy recorders, uh, your, you know, recording apps on your phones uh, or your, your journals handy because you may be receiving some key insights or key information coming in from your higher self. And again, these transits are exact today, but they've also been active for a day or so before and will be also active for a day or so later. And by the way, this is why when we have a train of aspects happening like this, that it can feel, we can almost get to a point where we feel breathless or feel um, agitated because these two aren't over just because today ends and then tomorrow's Venus into Sagittarius and Venus trying Jupiter begins. 
No, they bleed into one another. And it kind of feels sometimes like they're stacking up, right? So we might be dealing with several things um, and we're not complete with one before the next one begins. So these days where we have these long trains of, of transits going on can feel very disruptive and can also feel ex exhilarating, right? Don't forget that sometimes these are, you know, energies that come in and push us, push us, push us and make us go further, make us go faster. Uh, so a lot of that is uh, available to us, but can also be the source of some anxiety uh, or, you know, some feelings of, of discomfort, uh, uh, creating dissonance as they cross over one another. All right, so that's today's energy. Tomorrow, Venus moves into Sagittarius. And then she also comes into a trine with Jupiter. If you're feeling optimistic or if you're feeling that bubbling voice of optimism just below the surface, this is where she breaks through, right? This is where we start to see that the world didn't crash with the lunar eclipse. It doesn't mean we still don't have problems to deal with. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges ahead, but we feel more optimistic at this point in time. Now, Venus in Sagittarius, Sagittarius, first of all, is a sign of uh, rulership of, by Jupiter. And Jupiter, of course, is a planet that we think of as a benefic. It graces us with the energy of luck and with fortune and with optimism, right? So Venus moving into Sagittarius really brings up that optimism. And it's about love without limits when we get here with Venus moving into Sagittarius. And in a way, it, we feel more like hope springs eternal. There are, there's this hopeful, uh, optimistic energy that becomes available for all of us. And as Sagittarius is a sign that is fire and it can be more spontaneous and changeable energy. We may feel more spontaneous. We may feel more um, sort of uh, bold and willing to uh, try things new, be a little bit more adventurous. So it's adventurous energy. It's also more worldly energy. Sagittarius as a sign's focus, because especially as it relates to the ninth house of an astrology chart, there's a, a worldliness about it, a, a seeing beyond one's own borders or one's own beliefs or one's own um, uh, way of doing things or way of being. And instead, seeing from the bigger worldly perspective, maybe even cross-cultural awareness that, that we could bring into this. So seeing love in a bigger way, being engaged with love in a bigger way. But we do have to watch out for a couple of things twice, right? Once because Venus and Sagittarius is going to have that Jupiter feeling for the, the next three or four weeks while she's in that sign. And then as well, Venus in a trine to Jupiter. So we have to watch out for being overly optimistic. And that might equate to overspending. That could be over uh, commitment. So we want to be, you know, in perspective, we want to we keep things proportional in our lives without going over, you know, if we commit too much of our time or commit too much of our finances, then we're going to find ourselves in a, a sort of lack of energy, lack of finances kind of situation, or in a way it could be even, you know, affecting one's health or that kind of thing. So we want to, we want to tap into that Venus, wonderful, loving, um, adventurous, uh, largesse kind of energy. But we, we want to, uh, we want to watch out for how we behave under this, you know, spontaneous adventure could also become spontaneous romance or spontaneous trysts, right? We want to, you, you want to, you want to be a little circumspect here that you don't um, fall in love with someone at first sight, only to have it revealed next month when Venus moves into Capricorn, that it was all a lie, or that you were somehow, you know, clouded in your perspective. So, while it's okay to be in love with love and while it is okay to embrace that bigger, larger, wider uh, concept of love, just watch out for being overly optimistic in your expression of those things, right?
Now, uh, let's see, that's, so Venus also in trying to Jupiter on Tuesday is a sort of symptomatic of our wanting so badly to be loving and giving and generous and, and optimistic, but proportional, right? Being proportional because Venus trying, you know, that uh, trying Jupiter can be the overspending because Venus rules finances, Venus rules love. Uh, Venus rules our self-worth and our value, right? So we, we have to be proportional in all of these things and not overestimate our worth, not overestimate our value. At the same time, we want to be in our value and, and be worthy and uh, all of that. So balancing, I suppose, would be a good word. Now on Wednesday, the 16th, my husband really messed with me this weekend because we got new wall calendars from the company that he works for. And instead of putting the new calendar behind the old one, he put the new one in front of this of November. So I'm looking at the calendar telling people it's the 11th yesterday on Sunday and going, wait a minute, that says December. Oh my gosh. Yes. He blew me away. So I now have the correct calendar. So it is the 16th on Wednesday where Mercury comes into a trine with Jupiter. Now, of course, we haven't let go completely of Venus trine Jupiter. So we still have that tendency to want to overdo, over imbibe, overspend, overcommit. And now we have Mercury putting himself in that same aspect. And now what we may be doing is having an overly active mind, thinking very big, right? Thinking big. Now, there's nothing ideally wrong with thinking big. We should be thinking big, right? We should be thinking less narrow and a little bit more optimistic. But, you know, if we are always thinking about the forest, then we might miss the trees, right? And what's going on with the trees. So Mercury here has us wanting to think large, think uh, worldly, and think in that, you know, bigger, more generous way. Uh, but we also have to be aware that we can get so um, focused on the bigger picture that we miss the details. We don't want to miss the details, right? So we want to make sure, again, that we're sort of balancing that. Uh, but also Mercury and Sagittarius, uh, you know, anytime any one of us set out to go into the world and do what we love, what we often run into are the naysayers, right? The people that say, you can't do that. Or, you know, that's going to be expensive or um, nobody's going to want to listen to you, right? Nobody's going to come to your uh, your event, whatever, right? All of those naysayers can, you know, really undermine our ability to live our lives, right? Instead of choosing ourselves for ourselves, we end up choosing less because we're afraid that what other people are saying is true. Well, when Mercury is in Sagittarius, those naysayers can shut up right? We kind of ignore them. And we kind of ignore even our own inner voice that that our inner naysayer, right? We all have an inner naysayer, right? Raise your hand if you have an inner naysayer. One that's telling you, no, you, you don't want to go do that event. It's on a weekend. You spend weekends with family, right? <clears throat> we got to ignore that. So even your own voice can be the the one that you need to uh, ignore, right? Especially if it's one that's telling you what you can't do or why you're not good enough, that kind of thing. So with Mercury and Sagittarius, then we have that energy of being able to be boldly moving outward, but incrementally, right? I want to say that only because Mars is retrograde in Gemini, the sign ruled by Mercury. So yes, we want to take steps, but there's nothing wrong with taking baby steps, nothing wrong at all. Or taking, you know, treading, you know, just lightly putting that out there and seeing how that goes. And then the next time, you know, putting something out a little bit, you know, stronger, or going a little bit deeper. So we want to boldly move forward, but we also don't want to crash and burn. And uh, the only concern I have about that would be because Mars is retrograde in the sign uh, that uh, is the ruling sign for uh, Mercury. So boldly move incrementally forward against all of the naysayers and against your own inner voice. Now, that is not to say that if your intuition is screaming at you to slow things down or to move in a different direction, that you don't listen 
to that voice, right? There's a difference between intuition and the naysayer because your intuition would say, well, maybe your intuition might say caution, but the naysayer says, no, <laughs> can't do that. Uh, so pay attention to the voice that is going on within your head. And uh, this is also uh, that day, this will be on Thursday, the 17th, when Mercury moves into Sagittarius. We also have a new human design week birthed that day. And the new human design week takes us into the gates 14 and 8. And the sun at the 14, the 14 sits on the sacral center. So it's already, you know, if it's on the sacral, it's an energy of doing right, putting ourselves out there into the world. And we're putting ourselves out there into the world with this uh, gate 14 to to gain prosperity, right? So it really has a very uh, working for money kind of energy. It's the uh, really the only gate in human design where we work for money, right? Be but abundance itself which can include money or time or people or just, you know, an abundantly happy, joyful life. That's all emotional. So it's, we're not talking abundance, but we are talking monetary prosperity or working toward monetary prosperity. And the gene keys, uh, the sun on Thursday will move into a gate that's highest expression is bounteousness, right? Bounty. Think about what that means, right? Having plenty, having enough, having more than enough, right? That are reflective of the work or the effort that you have put into something or put into earning or put into building something, right? And it, you know, I speak in terms of monetary success here because on this planet, we work for money, right? We don't work for wampum. We don't work for water or whatever. <laughs> well, we do in sort of a weird sort of way, but uh, we usually are trading our services or our time for dollars or money, right? So in this case, then the energy of working for money is appropriate, right? At the gate 14. Now the earth that day will move into the gate eight and the gate eight is called the gate of contribution. It is a gate where we really... <laughs> I've got a cat house going on here today. Uh, it is a gate where we really, what the work is that we do has to feel like we're making our contribution to the world, right? So, and, and that that's personalized, right? It's different for everybody. So personally working toward a contribution and earning while we're at it. That is what energy begins Thursday at the same time that Mercury moves into Sagittarius. So quietening down that, that naysayer mind uh, could be very helpful in steering you toward the things that can bring you bounty and plenty and what have you, right? Uh, as well, that same day, Mars in retrograde, this is interesting because it really has a lot of money focus this coming week because on uh, Thursday, the same day that the sun changes into the gate 14, a distinctly working for money kind of energy, Mars moves backwards into the gate 45 on the throat center, which is a gate of distributing typically resources, sort of like money, paying the bills, um, buying, you know, things that support you. Uh, distributing, right? And being able to manifest the things that you want by using your resources wisely, sharing. It's a gate of sharing. It's also a gate of teaching, interestingly enough. So the earth may be, you know, causing us to evolve more toward using our resources. Uh, no, it's not the earth, excuse me. This will be Mars in retrograde moving to a place that is encouraging us to use our resources more wisely, um, to not use uh, our, to not, you know, succumb to fear or, you know, the naysaying voice, um, but to do something in a way that's really mutually supportive of yourself moving forward, but of also creating plenty and enough uh, for yourself, which then also makes that available to everyone around you, right? It isn't just something for you personally. It's also something that can be focused outward toward others. Um, Friday, 
um, the sun moves into a sextile with Pluto, right? Now we had, uh, we've had Mercury uh, over the weekend, we had Venus uh, in that sextile to Pluto. So we have uh, now the sun moving into the sextile with Pluto. And again, still sun uh, on Friday, still in the sign of Scorpio, but later degrees of Scorpio, 26 degrees to be exact. And in that sextile with Pluto at 26 degrees of Capricorn. So we have the ideology of our outer world and our outer personality, our outer selves, capable of working toward uh, that transformation, you know, making changes, right? If you've been in the shadow period and you're seeing things that are coming up that are no longer serving you, then now we have, it's kind of incumbent upon us to start the change process. So these planets that are coming into the sextile and we've had Venus, then Mercury, and now the sun uh, with Pluto are telling us now start the transformation, right? Do the work that you need to do to um, bring yourself back into harmony or to set about to live out your high side passion. So that is happening all on Friday. Uh, I want to stop for a moment because I'm seeing some comments coming through. Uh, JLo, I have my Rahu or North Node, DC and Neptune in Sagittarius and some INC aspects also. I'm not sure what ink means, ink. I'm sure I should know this, <laughs> um, but that means that, you know, you've got some Sagittarian focus in your life going on. Uh, Irene, good morning from Sweden. She says, I have my North Node in Sagittarius too. So every year as the sun and these inner planets, Irene, move into the sign of Sagittarius or as anybody moves through the sign of Sagittarius, it triggers your North Node, which is meaning it's triggering your destiny or your life path trajectory or how you are moving more fully into the expression of who you are and who you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing in your life. Judy says, I wonder what will be happening on the 26th of November. Uh, not much, actually. It's a quiet day. Uh, it is the day after Black Friday, of course, in the US. I'm not sure where you are, Judy, but there's no major aspects going on. The moon will be in Capricorn. Now, that doesn't mean anything because if that's your birthday, then a chart drawn up for that moment that the sun comes back to that place will tell the tale about the themes or what things that you need to watch out for uh, in the upcoming year. Your new year starts on your birthday. So uh, you can do that through a solar return reading, uh, or you can get a solar return report um, that helps you to focus in on the most important things for you for your upcoming new year. Uh, JLo, so interesting. Mine is in the seventh house, which is a Libra house. Will you say it's a good feel since Venus ruler of Libra? Oh, yes. Uh, but it's also a possibility where love can be misplaced. So be careful with that one, right? You don't want to uh, misplace love, right? Just keep an open mind about that one. Natasha, I am so in sync with the energies of Thursday. It is my first day of my guided book study on Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanny. Uh, so are, are you, is that a, like a book study group or something, uh, Natasha? JLo says, unconscious, but my PC has been writing what it wants. <laughs> I get it now. I get it. Uh, Judy Wheeler says, okay, that's my birthday. Uh, thank you. And wow, I didn't know that, right? You didn't know, I'm guessing that your birthday is your new year. Right. And so that's why having a solar return reading of all the readings that uh, astrologers do is, well, at least in my practice, it's probably one of the most popular readings because it really does set the tone for what happens for or that we can see sort of like looking into a, a crystal ball where we can see sort of what the focus is for the next year for you. Uh, okay, so great questions, people. Uh, if you have more, go ahead and put those down in the comments. And let's continue on with Saturday. Saturday, we get the next uh, Mars exact iteration, that is, of Mars square Neptune. That uh, transit or that aspect pattern has not been far from um, direct, far from being uh, exact for uh, the entire time. 
uh, it might have moved a degree or two either way as, you know, now Mars is moving back toward the place where Neptune would come into square. Uh, but remember, Mars, as far as he went, was 25 degrees and Neptune is sitting at 22 degrees. So the, so the square was activated likely at about when Mars was at 20 degrees, was earlier or later in October, early uh, in, yeah, it was mid-October actually. And then he uh, went retrograde at 25 degrees and now he's retrograding back into that square. And then, of course, that will pass away for a while and come back at us again after uh, January and actually I think it's February or March. Now what is Mars square Neptune? So there's a lot of, of potential for this to take action to become sort of a spiritual warrior, right? To take action on the spiritual plane uh, to really enhance your spiritual practice no matter what it is that you're doing you could be adding to your spiritual practice um, you could be you know focusing it in a different direction if none of you have a spiritual practice this is a great time to start a spiritual practice and that runs the gamut from meditation to uh, journaling to healing work to i mean be creative right it could be anything that you really uh, want it to be and uh that um, Mars square Neptune also comes on the day that we end the collective shadow period. So I'm wondering, hmm, what does that mean? Right. So perhaps having gone through this really, you know, uh, difficult time of looking at all of our shadows and seeing what it is that's been triggered by the shadow period, um, we can, you know, enact a more powerful spiritual practice, seeing ourselves in a new light seeing ourselves as these physical beings that are very connected to the divine at the same time. So all of that has a, a very uh, positive expression, I think, to it. Um, Sunday, the sun comes into that trine with Jupiter. So when we look at the whole energy of the week, it is a week where we may be very tempted to go overboard in a lot of different ways, right? With Venus, so in love and finances, with Mercury in the things that we're doing and, and saying and what we're thinking about, and then with the sun uh, coming into that same trine with Jupiter into the way that we express our egos out into the world or our personalities out into the world. So it's an interesting thing, I think, to have the sun come into a trine with Jupiter after the ending of the collective shadow period. I feel like a lot of us might feel like the uh, yoke is off, right? Or the uh, the the heavy burden uh, of stuff that we've been carrying around is now off our backs. And now maybe we want to zoom forward. But again, that trine always tells us that we might want to be moderate in the actions that we take. Uh, it's real easy to get flowing and flowing too fast, flowing too far, or forcing things to flow. But on the other hand, sometimes a trine is lazy. And lazy in that things are going good. Why do I need to do one more thing? You know, why should I push? <laughs> why should I take that next step? Right, never push. But why should I take that next step when very clearly I'm, you know, comfortable where I am? It can play into the comfort zone instead of helping us to take those next steps that would take us from, you know, good to great, right? So uh, watch out for that as well uh, with the, the weekend's energy. Uh, okay, so questions or comments, that is pretty much it for me today. Uh, I do want to remind everybody that on Friday, Pia and Colin will be with me. And I, I'm really thinking that we can get a retrospective of the collective shadow period, uh, what things that were coming up and uh, maybe you know an explanation of what we do next, right? Where do we go from here? Um, and as well, uh, the weekend, if you are someone that lives in the Western Washington, Skagit, Whatcom, Snohomish King County area, and you want to go for an adventure, come to Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon uh, and take a look at what they have there as far as supplies and also talk to the vendors such as myself at the fair. All right. Now, let's do a couple of card readings uh, for our week. And let's see, what do we want to hear about today? I think I want to do a Wisdom of the Oracle 
for the week and also a Mayan oracle, the galactic language of light for this week. And let's see what we get. I love the I love the wisdom. That's right. Pam's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Pam Zaruba. Uh, okay, Pam, what card would you like me to draw for you? What deck? Okay, what deck? And right now I'm going to draw a card for the collective. Oh, boy. So this is the one that just jumped out at us. Realm Shift. Cambio de Reino. Cambio de Reino. Realm Shift. Five-pointed star. That right away tells me Venus right? Venus energy. Let's see what realm shift is all about. And uh, so do, do now the problem is finding it. So much good stuff in this book, but it doesn't have an easy sort of Chichan, uh, Manik, Ak. Men? Ah. Let's see if I can find it this way. The star glyphs. There we go. 269. Oh, I just needed to go a little further. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Here we go. So we have realm shift. And the qualities of realm shift is a quantum leap, expanded reality, walking into the unknown. Love that one. Becoming open and openness to possibilities, flexible assemblage point, flexible assemblage points, accelerated change. Loosen your moorings, journeyer. Make room for miracles and expanded realities. In receiving this lens, you are being asked to take a quantum leap beyond the confines of your known reality. You are becoming open awareness uh, and open system. You and this reality are entering a total shift of realms. Because of humanity's mass agreement about how reality is, you may have constructed your reality based on fixed beliefs in such things as restriction, denial, limitation, and judgment. However, when humanity reaches the critical threshold of change in its belief system, reality shifts to reflect that change. Set aside how your reality appears. See the universe as an inseparable whole, one hologram made up of a vast web of interwoven possibilities. You can affect and draw from that energetic field now. You can create the reality you choose. A shift of realms is taking place. At this nexus of time and space, powerful galactic energies are meeting your expanding perception of what is possible. Anything you have defined in a limited way is open to transformation. Perhaps you have seen this expanded version of reality in moments of extreme crisis, strong emotions, plant medicine experiences, deep meditation, severe illness, or a near-death experience. After such moments, all things look different, and the potential of all possibilities emerge. That is because the assemblage points of your reality have been shaken loose. Receiving this lens asks you to consciously loosen your assemblage points and allow them to remain flexible. Take a quantum leap into the fluidity of unfixed beliefs and expanding realities. By flexibly choosing to move into the unknown, a complete and marvelous reordering of your world awaits you. Gotta love that one. Realm shift. Yes, indeed. Pam, okay, let's see. Um, my choice. Okay, Pam, my choice for you. My choice for you. I think for you, a Pleiadian card is in order. So the Pleiadian deck is, right, Pleiadian Wisdom Oracle cards by Pia and Colin, right? They are these beautiful cards. And this will be for wisdom for your birthday, Pam. got to tell Pia these are just outside of what feels good for your hand. 
like maybe they need to be just a little bit smaller because it's hard to shuffle them or at least for my hand it is all right my friend what you get is relationship being different being different is neither good nor bad it is just different just in contrast right relationship being different it's a beautiful card all right let's see what this has to do it's card of number it's number eight too did you see that number eight my one of my favorite numbers because it connotes connection and uh from you know heart to heart person to person but also from divine to human so let's see in relationship card number eight being different you may feel that you are different from others around you. That's not a bad thing. Different does not mean wrong. You are not truly separate from others because of your differences, even if they hold opposite viewpoints. It takes many viewpoints to realize a greater perspective in most situations. Your differences reflect your gifts and talents, which are needed for creating a more whole and integrated humanity. If others do not understand you, simply accept that your views are different uh, from theirs without judging them or feeling judged yourself. Compassion for differing viewpoints supports a healthier connection. Whether you feel different or not, you are always connected to others. There is no separation in true unconditional love ever. Advanced use. Universal Energy 8 is about connection and abundance. Greater connection is always achieved through honoring others' perspectives, connecting you more deeply to your human family. There you go, Miss Pam. It's a great message for you, I believe, for your birthday. Relationship being different. Mm-hmm. 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 Being in contrast, exactly right, exactly right. Uh, and what she's talking about is the fact that her um, her manifesting blueprint puts her in contrast, right? Contrast being different from others, right? Seeing how you are different from um, other people and how you do things differently and honoring that. And let's do one card from the divine or from the wisdom of the oracle deck this deck is of course by colette baron reed and see what wisdom card for us all for the week i and we get all that glitters card number 16 which is a seven all that glitters maybe all that glitters isn't gold we'll see card 16 now and it says, the essential meaning of the card is a need to see beyond the superficial, the desire to don a mask or dress something up to disguise its true nature, trying to be something you're not, chasing after every sparkly new thing or being mercurial. Hmm. Uh, the Oracle's message says, it's only human to want to adorn oneself in trinkets and paint a pretty picture of oneself. It's natural to want to acquire the trappings of status or to deny them as a statement of rebellion. But if it sparkles, is it better? Whether it's a fast car, a big house, a title or position, the stamp of authority or the sparkling of diamonds, these icons let you know something about a person, place or thing, or do they? The truth is that people seek to acquire things because of what they will do for them and how they symbolically will elevate them and make them more attractive. This card signals that it's time to see beyond the adornments and probe underneath the surface. Learn to recognize the masks people wear and the motives underlying them. Imagine that all the glitter is gone. Would you still desire the object or person? It's mm, a good one. All that glitters, card number 16. So we've had Realm Shift and this one, all that glitters, and then Pam you're being different this year <laughs> and always maybe right uh okay that is it for me today it's been great being with you thank you so much for joining me i will see you here on friday uh with pia and cullen and also friday at noon is our astro meetup day and that, if you're not familiar with, is a time for you to bring your questions about your astrology, your human design, your gene keys, your soul work, whatever it is, uh, to uh, the, 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 it's not a webinar, it's really just a meetup, and get your answers, right? Get answers to your questions. It's free. 
and I will post that link up here in a little bit uh, later today. And thanks again. Take care. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.